0: We're also glad to welcome those who are worshiping online as well. Glad to have you in the house. Hey, hey. Let there be voice. Let there be sound. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad to see you today. Glad you could be here. We want to welcome those worshiping with us online as well. Glad that we could worship together. Now I've got to correct something I said last week. Sometimes I, I don't get things exactly right. I know you find that hard to believe, but even I make mistakes, right? That's what I say. Amen. That's somebody who does not want to hear me preach. Okay. So last Sunday, I went to Publix, and I went to get newspapers, and what happened? I got there, and it said Tuesday, I mean, it said Friday on the paper, uh, but it was the Sunday paper, right? Well, that, I, when I got home and investigated it more, that wasn't exactly correct. Here, just don't get ahead of me. Here's what happened. It did say Friday, and it was the Friday paper on the front. Now, I had the Friday paper, so I compared it. The first two sections of the paper said Friday. The third section of the paper said Sunday. And inside of that was the parade and the comics. And the only thing I can figure is that whoever did that was thinking to themselves, nobody but old people read the paper. They're so slow, they won't catch this anyway. We'll just stick it in there any way we want to and see if anybody notices, right? Or they're over-medicated. I don't know which one it is, but that's what really happened. So if you got the paper last Sunday, I told you to get it. You got some of Friday, you got some of Sunday. You didn't get all of anything, but you got part of it, right? So I just can't wait to see what I'm going to get every day now. I went back this morning, and guess what they had? No, they had the Sunday paper. Who knew? <laughs> So at least that's what it looked like. When I get home, I'm going to check it out some more and see if there's anything else in there, and then we'll see what happens. I'll report back to you next week. Now, let's, let's think about this for a minute. We're talking about prayer. We're in this series on prayer. And what if, what if you ever heard this prayer? Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy or grumpy or nasty or selfish or overindulgent. And I'm thankful for that. But in a few minutes, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. Amen. Now, if we're honest, we could all say, hey, I need to pray that prayer, right? Because we need all the help we can get. And what Jesus wants to talk to us today about is temptation. You know, last week I told you we were going to talk about that. We ran out of time, but it was really scheduled that way. And so that's what we're going to say today. And Jesus said this, and lead us not... Into temptation, I almost want to put a comma there and lead us not into temptation because God's not going to lead us into temptation, right? We know that. And so we're praying, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but okay, that's what we're praying. And so Jesus said, okay, the opposite of going that way toward temptation. He said something real simple. He gave an invitation and here's his invitation. He said, follow me follow me that's what he said it's what he said to his disciples that's what he says to us today as disciples he says follow me now listen if you were a disciple in that day let's say you're a fisherman and you're out there fishing and jesus comes by and he says follow me what you gonna say where are we going Where are we going? What time are we leaving? When are we going to be back? Because I got to let my wife know because she's going to be cooking dinner and she's going to want to know, where are you? Hello? Hello? Are you okay? I'm checking on you. And so, you know, you got a lot of questions if somebody says, follow me, right? I want to thank both of you for that confirmation there. Okay, so follow you where? But here's what I want us to catch, and we never really think about this. Jesus' invitation has never changed. When he said, follow me, he still says, follow me today. But here's what happened. The church has changed the invitation to believe in me. Believe in me. That's what the church did. Believe in me is a lot easier to get people to do than follow me. So maybe we got to adapt this a little bit because I don't know if we can get people to really do what you're asking them to do, Lord. I mean, think about that. It requires us to say yes to Jesus. Now, believing doesn't demand anything, does it? Anybody can believe But what about putting that into action? Do you know one of the most popular scriptures that you can read is John 3.16, right? And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, that's a popular scripture. Wouldn't everybody agree with that? That's a scripture we want, right? But here's an unpopular scripture that you may not have put together with that, okay? And it is Matthew 16, 24. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Which one you want to go with, okay? Wait a minute, deny myself? I'm not too crazy about that. You will never see a tattoo that says deny yourself, okay? That's not going to happen. Nobody goes, that's what I want on my arm. Yeah, nobody wants to go that route, do they? The message of Jesus was reduced from follow me to believe in me. So, because of that, we are not people who really understand what he's asking us to do. If you're a believer, you're not necessarily a follower. Did you get that? Because it takes action. You know, and and if you're not a follower, you will never pray grown-up prayers, What happens is that we grow up, and we grow up praying, but we don't necessarily, our prayer life doesn't grow up with us, right? We're taught from the time we're little to pray, but we may be praying the same prayers we prayed as children. And we're not the first grown-ups who have that problem. The first century, the disciples, they listened to Jesus. Now, they'd been taught to pray by their parents. They'd been taught to pray by the religious leaders. They prayed the Psalms. They knew how to pray. They had a lot of stuff they memorized, but when they heard Jesus pray, it was different than anything they'd ever heard before. And this is what it led them to do. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. We never heard anybody pray like that before. We don't really know how to do that. Now, I love the fact that they called on and they asked Jesus. Because, listen, if somebody heard you pray and came up to you and said, You don't really know how to pray very good, do you? (laughs) Boy, that'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? You'd love to. Let's get together and have lunch sometime real soon, okay? You wouldn't want to go there. But Jesus didn't do that. He waited until they asked, what's the best time to answer somebody's question? When they ask you, that's right. That's what a divine appointment is. God just put somebody in your path, and they just start asking you questions, and that's your cue, okay? That's when you're supposed to respond, and you're supposed to say whatever truth, whatever knowledge, whatever wisdom, whatever scripture, whatever God's got for you to give to them, you share that. And so people don't necessarily go around saying Teach me to pray. Maybe you never said that. But the disciples realized, I really need to learn how to pray grown-up prayers. And so they asked for help to do that. And then Jesus begins to instruct them about prayer. And one of the things that he says to them right off is, he says, don't pray to impress other people. You know, that's important, I think, that we don't pray to impress other people. You know, I I went one time to a national day of prayer, and they asked me to pray, and I prayed. And I sat down, and I finished my prayer. And one of the leaders spoke up and said, I think that's the shortest prayer I've ever heard. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, I wasn't talking to you. really care what you think I'm talking to God and he's just tickled pink over it okay and then other people got up and they started praying and it was a spitting contest is what it was is let me see who can out pray the other per- person and I decided I don't think I'm going back to that anymore I got other things to do I don't need to be a part of that and then he says not only do you not pray to try to impress people he said don't pray and just go on and on and on that's not what we're looking for. He's not interested in that. Now, that's what you think every Sunday when I get up to preach. Please just don't go on and on and on. A lot of times I'll walk out and and the security guard will be standing in the lobby and I'll look at him and he'll say, I I thought that guy never was going to quit talking, you know? He just kind of looks at me kind of funny like, is he over-medicated? They don't really know what to say about that, okay? Now, why do we pray? The purpose of prayer is to align our will with god's will that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get on the same page as god we're trying to get on the same wavelength we're trying to connect with him the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will not to try to impose our will now you don't want to hear that part because when we pray what do you like to do Now, God, I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking about you, and I've been thinking about a lot of needs, and here's my list of things I think you ought to do. Have you ever met somebody like that? I love you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. Sit down. I'll tell you all about it, okay? Here's what I think you ought to do, and I'm not interested in signing up for that kind of thing, are you? What I want is to just make sure that I'm surrendered to God, right? And so there was somebody who tried to manipulate Jesus, He tried to to set his agenda. He's trying to tell Jesus what to do. You know who that was? Judas. Judas had a plan for Jesus. And if Jesus would just do what Judas wanted him to do, then Judas said that everything would be fine. But Judas isn't God. Jesus is. And he's the one who makes that decision. And Judas never called on. Judas failed because he had an agenda for Jesus. Now listen, sometimes if we're not careful, we've got an agenda for Jesus. We got things we want him to do. Now Lord, I'm in love with this girl and I know that that's the one you want me to marry. I'm not sure if you're aware of it yet. But I want you to just, I wanted to bring you up to speed on it. She's the one, so you just work out all the details and get back to me, okay? He said, I don't think so. That's not the way he works, right? And yet, we want to tell God what to do. This is what I want, so surely it's right, right? But that's not necessarily the the right thing. Now, let me tell you something else. People will say things to preachers. You can't believe what people will say to preachers. And some of them ain't that great, okay? They're not the most positive thing. It's like somebody comes up to you and says, you've gained weight. Well, thanks for noticing and mentioning it, okay? Let's get together in another 60 years, okay? That was a real blessing. Thanks for that. And so some people will try to control you. I remember one time we moved to a new church. You got to watch out for people when you move to a new church and you're a preacher. Fortunately, there was an old preacher that taught me this pretty early on, and I learned it. So I'm always a little bit little bit anxious when somebody said, let's get together right away. Because what they want to do is get you off by themselves so they can just manipulate and control your mind to get what they want before anybody else gets a chance to get to you, okay? And so we had this couple, and they invited us out to dinner. How nice. Going to take us out to dinner, right? And we get out to dinner, and we eat dinner, and when we get through, then they spring it on us, okay? Well, let's get him fed and all happy and filled up, and then we're going to tell him what we want. Hey, we got a house for sale. You want to go look at it? (laughs) You're new in town. You need a house. How about buying ours? Because we need to sell it, Right? I've got a wonderful plan for your life right here. We, we didn't buy that house. We, we looked elsewhere, okay? And Jesus says, this is how you should pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, that's what he's saying to us. And what he wants us to do is to recognize who God is. When we get started, we just don't bail off into our laundry list of stuff we want. We start talking to God about who he is. And what we're saying is adoration, Adoration is praise. If you took the word acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, okay? So we put him first. Lord, we recognize you're here. We celebrate and and worship and glorify you. We magnify you. We're glad to be in your presence. We're just so thankful that you're a part of and you care about. Thank you, Lord. We just recognize who you are. See, we're not consumers and we're not users in this world there's people selling stuff all the time and we just get in a culture that says i'm a consumer and you got to please me and what have you got for me you know it's what have you done for me lately type thing right but but jesus said no you're not a consumer and you're not a user you are a follower a follower follows Jesus. Judas never got that. Your will be done. when we pray that we have to mean it and then Jesus pivots after that and he says, and give us today our daily bread. Now finally we're going to get to us, right? won't we'll talk about me, won't we'll talk about my let's talk about my stuff, right? And that's what we're thinking here. But what I want you to catch on is Jesus is not taking prayer request. He's issuing, them okay he's trying to get us to a posture of surrender and dependence because what when you follow somebody what do you have to do you have to surrender your will to theirs okay i'm gonna follow you wherever you go that's where i'm gonna go right you don't get to call the shots anymore you're following now you're not in charge and then he goes on he says i want you to pray for three things provision Pardon and protection. We talked about the first two last week. Provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Pardon. Give us our debts as we have have forgiven our debtors. In other words, if forgive, forgive me, same same way. Forgive, forgive. Does anybody want to line up? line of Prayer, prayer. I don't want that. I don't want that prayer. No, 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 no. I I want peace and mercy, from, mercy from just, just those other people. That's what I want, right? Right. It doesn't work that way. You have, you have to give the way I'm forgiven you. Oh, well, that's a lot harder. That's going back to following you again. I like just believing in you. That's easier. And then then protection from what? And lead us not into temptation. We need protection from that. Now, I want us to personalize that. Lead me not. You see, do you pray that? Do you pray for God's protection? We pray for all kinds of things, don't we? We pray for parking spots. We pray for safe travel. We pray for good grades. I have a confession to make today right here in front of God and everybody. Do you ever pray for the weather? Anybody do that? I'm not the only one. Well, I pray that, and let me tell you what I'm specific about, and there's a reason. I pray about the weather on Sunday mornings. I say, now, Lord, you're in charge, and it's okay. Whatever you want to do is fine. However, I would like to just point this out. If you could just not make it rain during church on Sunday morning, any other time, be fine. Saturday night, just let us have it. You know, Sunday afternoon, that'll be fine. In fact, if you could just hold off until I get them in there, before you start the rain, then then because they're there, then where are they going? Right? You gotta. You talking about a captive audience. <laughs> Can't leave yet. Okay, so so but I do I do pray that why? Because one drop of rain keep way about twelve people from church. You know, because we're all sweet and we're afraid we're gonna melt. That's what happens. What you look out and you go, it's raining. Well, that's gloomy and ugly. I don't want to go out in the rain. I'm just going to stay home and watch this online. And so, that, in fact, I can keep my pajamas on while I'm doing it. And listen, I can see you. You're sitting at home with your pajamas on. I can see you right now. Go put your robe on, will you? Listen. And the author of Hebrews, <laughs> the author of Hebrews goes on and he says this to us. For we did not have a high priest who was unable to empathize empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. What what that's telling us is we want us to see, you want to see the temptation that Jesus went through. You know, it always makes me feel better to know that Jesus came to earth as a man. He was a human. He was here. He faced every temptation we faced, and yet he never gave in to temptation. Temptation, but he understands us. I need to be understood, don't you? And we got a God who understands us. He loves us. He created us. He cares for us. And so he said, Listen, I get it. I understand. All I want to do is help you. And we're tempted. He was tempted in every way. And he goes on there with the scripture and he says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, listen, I'm all about grace and mercy. Really, I am. But you know what some people do? This is the way they think. They may not say it out loud. They may not realize it. They don't pray it, but they're thinking to themselves, I think I'll sin now and ask for forgiveness later. Because I know God's going to forgive me, right? And Jesus says, listen, here's temptation over this way. Follow me is over this way. It's the opposite of temptation. So if you want to get away from temptation, believe in me, follow me. Because it's in the opposite direction. And so when you're tempted to think that, well, I'm going to go ahead and sin because I can have forgiveness later. But what you're thinking is you can manipulate God. You're thinking that God is so inept and so gullible that he can be used and manipulated. You know, God, a God that can be manipulated is not worth surrendering to. He's not worth singing to. He's sure not worth praying to. He does not exist and our sin leads us to regret. Now, you know, have you ever heard people say this? I can either ask for permission or forgiveness. Which one of those kind are you? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm just going to ask permission. I'm never going to do it. I'm not going to color outside the lines, or I'm going to go do what I want to, and then I'll just ask forgiveness later. And sometimes, you know, we get in that mindset, don't we? And I'll just go that route. I'll, I'll take the consequences. To whom do we pray? Do we pray to a God who winks at sin and says, just forget about it? What kind of faith system was that? Fortunately, That God does not exist. That's not our Heavenly Father. Our Father loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. God will never wink at sin because it cost Him too much. It cost Him too much, and He knows it costs us too much, too. Jesus says in Matthew, This, then, is how you should pray. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Not temptation, but follow me, right? Now, deliver there literally means to rescue one from danger or to, or to uh, preserve, to preserve somebody. And the reason that we fall into temptation is because we get in this mindset to thinking, well, it's really not that dangerous, is it? it'll be okay. We fall into temptation and then we turn right around and blame God for evil and it's not his fault. So why do we surrender to temptation? Well, because of things like fear and isolation and insecurity and anger and resentment and jealousy and greed and false assumptions about other people and lies we believe, and also loneliness and revenge. Those are all kinds of reasons why we fall into temptation. When we're tempted, we're tempted to believe the worst about other people or sometimes to project our own motives on to other people. I've had people project their motives on to me. Did you do this because of this? No one ever even thought about it. But apparently you have because you brought it up, right? And they're accusing you of something that they're actually doing. The reasons that all that I've listed that we're tempted can be summed up in two things, okay? Now, this is, y'all write this down. All those things I just mentioned in others, it's basically two things. It's summarized in this, protection and gratification. We're looking for protection and gratification. And when we lead from those things, what happens is that we start focusing and centering on ourselves when we're going down that road because it's all about us. And so we take our lead from those two appetites, and it hurts somebody we love, and it hurts us. You know, I don't want to be misunderstood. They're both important, but they're lousy leaders, okay? If we pursue gratification and protection, then eventually we'll ask ourselves the question, why am I here? Now, a better question to ask is this. It's the Jesus question. Who am I here for? See, Jesus saved us for a reason, and he left us on earth because he's got stuff for us to do. And if he hadn't taken you to heaven, you're still here for a purpose. And so he's wanting to use you to do something for him that will be beneficial to somebody else. So Jesus says, now follow me, but then he gives us a warning. But be warned. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served. But to serve. What happens when you go to a fancy restaurant? Somebody comes out with a napkin over their sleeve, how may I serve you? And what do we do? We take that napkin and stick it right down here. We get our silverware and say, I'm ready to be served. And that's what our culture teaches us, that we're to be served. And Jesus said, no, it's Christianity over culture. It's the opposite of what the world says because the world is all wrapped up in the enemy. you got to listen to me to determine what to do. What happens to people who chase after protection and gratification? They become small and unpleasant people to be around. If you live for yourself, then that's all you'll have to show for yourself in the end. It's all about me. When people say, there's got to be more to life than this, what are they saying? There's got to be more to life than me. I'm so tired of taking care of me and pleasing me and making me first. You know, if, you, if you're depressed, if you feel bad, if you're having a tough day or a bad week, I'm going to give you a prescription. It won't cost you anything, no extra charge. Go out and do something for somebody in need, somebody else. I promise you, you'll come home feeling better. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the hospital. I'm going to try to go cheer these people up at the hospital. And I leave, and I'm walking out to my car, and you know what? It dawns on me, wait just a minute. I came over here to encourage them, and all they did was encourage me. They got this backwards. What are they trying to do? Because what happens is you go do something for somebody else, all of a sudden you feel good about that. And so what we have to learn to do is, hey, it's not all about me. I knew a guy who was a hermit. He lived alone. He was an unhappy person all wrapped up in himself. That's the smallest package that you'll ever find, a person all wrapped up in themselves. And he was an unhappy person, and he died alone. And that's so sad. Now, let me tell you why that happens. Because people sometimes are afraid to surrender. Sometimes people have been through hard times. Sometimes people have been burnt. Sometimes people have had bad experiences. Sometimes people are defensive. And the whole idea of surrendering anything to anybody is not something that's easy to do. And so if I can't surrender, what am I going to do with God? Because that's all he wants me to do is surrender. And so we're so guarded and so protected and so fearful that we don't think we can trust God and surrender to Him. But when we embrace that spirit of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it's an alternative from temptation. It's follow me. It's follow me. I'm going to surrender. You're in charge. I'm just going to follow you. It's saying yes to the invitation of Jesus to follow Him. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, said it this way, faith without works is dead what was he saying he's saying anybody who hears these words of mine as jesus says and does not put them into the practice is like a person who builds their life on the sand and when the tide comes it's too late to pray he's saying you have to surrender he says follow me and when we follow him we surrender to him and we surrender where he leads and where does he lead jesus leads us to look beyond ourselves jesus leads us to look at other people and see how we can be a blessing to them lead me means okay i've decided to follow jesus if i'm gonna pray that prayer i'm praying the lord's prayer if i'm gonna pray it then i gotta say then i got to do it and i'm gonna follow jesus that means you surrender to his will you know my will be done that's what i'm saying right You know, here, Jesus, this is what I want to pray. You know, it's all about me. He said, no, it's not all about you. Now, if that creates tension inside of you, when you start thinking about God speaking to you, the Holy Spirit's convicting you, he's telling you what he wants you to do, and you're struggling to do it, okay? You're saying, no, you're pushing back. There's some tension there. When you're pushing back against that tension, that's the very thing God wants to focus on. It's like he's got the spotlight on that one thing. Yeah, okay, now you got it. That's what I'm talking about right there. We're just going to stay right here and deal with that right now. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I want us to go. What do I have to show for all the temptation I've surrendered to in my life? Let me tell you what a blessing it was to be tempted and just give in, okay? No, I don't think so. It doesn't work that way, does it? But, boy, don't you feel wonderful when you go, no, with the Lord's help, I'm going in the other direction. Help me, Jesus. And we do it, right? I had to decide in my life a few years ago, I had to make a decision. Do I love my church more than I love my Lord That wasn't an easy decision to make. And if you were here, all of you had to make that decision, too. We just couldn't do it anymore. We just couldn't do business as usual anymore. We couldn't just close our eyes to stuff anymore. We couldn't ask other people to support things that we didn't believe in, that we didn't believe were right. We just could not go there. I didn't know what was going to happen, I just knew that we couldn't go in that direction. And what happens when we say yes to temptation, then it results in a lack of something. It's usually a lack of trust between you and somebody else. It's a lack of trust. It's an erosion of joy. It's decreased transparency. Giving in to temptation gives you limited options, less freedom, and more regret. Temptation, y'all write this down, temptation... Is the threshold to loss. Choosing Jesus is the threshold to life. It's that simple. Heavenly Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus' prayer, it's a template, it's a pattern that we can find. It's not a formula, it's not magic. It's just something he taught us in the scripture says, this then is how we should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? And now here's the summary. First, we said you address God, but you recognize him. What did we say? It's adoration. When we talk to God, that's what we're saying. And so we're saying, hallowed be your name. And then we're saying, we want to surrender to your will. Your kingdom come. And then we want to acknowledge our dependence on him for provision, pardon, and protection. The protection from temptation so that we can live for him. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that as we move forward and we think about our own prayer life, that that tension that we're struggling with as we pray that's created in us, I pray that you would do something unexpected in us so that you can do something remarkable through us. I pray in Jesus' name and all God's children say it.